0: Welcome back to the Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast. The Lunchtime Catch-Up Podcast is two blokes that have known each other forever, who catch up most days in the Melbourne CBD for lunch, to talk everything Essendon Footy Club. My name is Grant, and with me is Scott.
1: Hello, everyone. Good to be back. I was a little bit on the crook side yesterday, so sorry. uh, Our normal Monday uh, night... uh, Main reaction show was delayed by twenty four hours, but I'm Indeed. much better now. Sickie, yep. Uh, which is which is probably a good thing anyway, because I, I've kind of got my head around <laughs> uh, the loss to the Cats, uh, which is not obviously wasn't a surprise result to anyone. But no, uh, but yeah, there's a there's quite a bit to uh, discuss in this game. So really interesting game. You know, you've got twenty two minutes into the first quarter, it's it's, it's thirty and we're screwed. <laughs> it's thirty eight to nothing. Yeah. Um, and so realistically, I know this sounds funny and, and yet we made a bit of a small comeback, but it realistically in my head it was game over. It was like you just yeah. you just don't Geelong don't allow teams no. No, to don't. come back from thirty eight nil down. Now it's 22 minutes into the quarter. It's 38-0. And I was, I was texting uh, Grant and saying, I don't know. <laughs> it almost feels like we're not going to score here. Uh, I'm just not sure where an actual score is going to come from. Yeah. So to then score 104 points uh, is a very, stra- is a uh, very it's strange kind of – It's very, very encouraging, out- but yeah. very strange. Yeah, a strange outcome to the game. And, and, you know, there's no doubt that you could have an element of Geelong just – slightly just holding their, um, I guess, aggression against us, but that's still three and a half quarters of footy. Uh, and it slowly, but surely we were just getting more, more competitive getting, uh, I guess, looking a bit more equal to Geelong in, in, in periods of the game. Uh, and we started to win the footy more. We started to spread harder. Um, uh, but you know, we've done this a few times. We've just, uh, when the when the kitchen's hot in the first 15, 20 minutes,
0: kitchen the kitchen's hot. I like it there. Uh,
1: we haven't turned up, and uh, and the, the part of that is is Geelong's uh, size and experience. Uh, but we've got to compete harder than that. We've got to do better than that, and you just can't allow thirty eight to nil. We're, the the two sides aren't a thirty eight to nil starting side <laughs> in twenty minutes. So it's there's no doubt we haven't approached the game. That
0: would be my question. That's yeah. that's my one first question to Brad Scott. Like <clears throat> I can understand the start of the fourth quarter if you're buggered and you can't sort of get up and you've got you've spent all your tickets. But aren't they supposed to be red hot, fired up, understand the message? Scotty's given them a last minute, rev up, so's Zach, and you come out and you at least match the opposition's buddy efforts. If they're going ballistic, you, you run with them. But why do we why do we come out so slow?
1: Yeah, it's a it's a it's a fair question, and and uh, one of the players said, "Look, you know, it's the they're, they're going to have to talk about it because they f- you know they felt like the preparation was really really good for this game, and even before the the bounce, so they they're a little bit unsure themselves why." That happened, and and Geelong. Sometimes I think a team just really jumps you aggressively, and you know, Dangerfield and these guys came out super aggressive and if physical.
0: Any midfield's going to do it. It's that one, right? Yeah,
1: and and it's uh, it, it felt like they just got surprised a bit and jumped them, and and they just couldn't handle it. They just didn't know what to do until they until they kind of got into the game, and then things settled and then they could kind of retaliate a bit more aggression back, but. Um. Yeah, it's, it's there's a whole lot of conundrums. You go. Know, you you want us. You want our midfield to be tougher when it's when it's at when it's at its hottest. Uh, and you you know you you've, you lost the game in the first twenty minutes, but. Realistically, it's it's also a twenty-three round season, and you've got to try and save bad results. You've got to not have eighty-point losses and ninety-point losses, and you you've got to keep your percentage sound over the year. and And to to at least have, I guess, the character and just the the effort to score one hundred and four points and 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 make it a just a twenty-eight point loss. It's it, it does help in the long run uh and I, and I'm grateful for the that the guys did that and and Brad Scott himself um which is really refreshing we haven't had this for a while just said yeah you know what I, I made the zerk Thatcher move too late uh I should have done it earlier that's my bad um and I think most fans you know what they're just refreshed to hear that just to mm. go yeah someone made that. a mistake that's cool yeah yeah I made the mistake yeah. um and we know Brad Scott's been really good with making changes and, and, and been doing the game. If oh. he doesn't see something right, he I think he tried to get uh, – and I understand his dilemma too because Cameron's not doing much because Ridley's yes. – and Cameron's kind of the – most people are saying he's the best player in the game. So the best player in the game, you're actually nullifying quite okay. and He's still dangerous but he's definitely nullified. Yeah, Ridley's to what he, doing
0: a job, yeah. Uh,
1: so th- – you going? Oh, what happens then? you know? Do I get them both in the game, Hawkins and Cameron? If I take Zerk off and put him on Cameron mate, and
0: Ridley's, Ridley doesn't deserve to be anywhere near Hawkins as much as BZT doesn't, right? <laughs> yes. That neither of them are equipped to play on that monster of a dude. So yeah. you're sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Berserk is, Zerk would have learned a lesson, and on <clears throat> it's an old old school statement to say that. He learned a lesson today about how to play on those big boys and what they're capable of, and he would have learnt. But it's a very interesting question as to when do you put Ridley, clearly our best defender, but not a one-on-one defender in any way, any shape, or form. He's no nothing like a one-on-one defender, and he sure as hell ain't a one-on-one defender with Tommy Hawkins, right? So it it it's a it's I understand he left it a bit late. I think he kicked. What, seven or something before he's taken off him? Um, that's probably a little smidge late, but you are robbing Peter to pay Paul, that then Brandon, who's his sort of must have been as down as you could possibly be, then had to go and play on um, on Cameron and see if he got off the chain
1: there. He so did really well too. He did, right? That's the thing. <laughs> I, I actually did a tweet, so an interesting one. I did a tweet saying I, that I wanted to give a shout-out to Zerk. Um, and I basically said, yeah, he was mauled by a bigger and experienced opponent, but when he made the um, switch to half-time, he didn't sulk at all. He didn't drop his head. Mm. He actually played out of his skin in the second half. And I, you know, I just said as a fan, I really, really appreciate oh. that mentality. Um, he could have been like that for the rest of the game. He could have spoiled the rest of his game, but he yeah. didn't. And you know, today uh, I, I did that uh, one or two days ago. But today I just saw, um, you know, you get you, you notify people who like. Your tweet, oh yeah, and Dustin Fletcher, you know, <laughs> nice <laughs> like the tweet. Uh, so, uh, yeah. well, there is a
0: bloke that could have a chat with him and say, "Mate, I I've got monstered there, yeah. several times." Yeah, yeah, ask him about Savrocca and Lockett. people like that. Yeah, Tony <laughs> Locken, right? over the fence, yeah. exactly right. So, trust me, man, he's a he's a monster of a dude, and BCT is still youngish. He's still growing, but he's never going to be, a buddy, Chris Langford or somebody yeah. like that. He's he's a light framed framed. Long arm, long legged sort of defender, a touch like Dustin, right? So they're never going to be able to handle those massive monsters of dudes. And you said if you come down to the midfield, if the ball wasn't streaming in there at eight thousand miles an hour, placing it down his throat wouldn't have been as half as much of a problem. But I agree with you. I, I like Scott sort of coming out and saying mistake was made, um, and part and of his yeah,
1: and part of his admission too was because what he did in the third quarter. He he moved Langford to defence and to basically stand 10, 15 metres in front of Hawkins just to block off the lead, and that worked really well. Yep. Like Hawkins, what did he have? Like seven to a half time or six or six or seven? Six. Uh, so he kicked eight for the game. So uh, so they've really nullified his second half. Uh, and I think also that's what he was talking about as well, about that move to with Langford. They like, go, okay, you know. What we can do is also put, you know, when a guy is really red hot mm. and we just can't stop them putting a guy in front of him and, and, and Langford did uh, pretty well there. So, yeah, it's all a good learning experience. Uh, Zerk will be much better before it. But
0: also uh, keep in mind, everybody, too, the, the, the way we came out, maybe one of the questions that Brad Scott or the answers Brad Scott would give me is why didn't we come out super duper pumped up in that first quarter? Maybe because we played football five days or four days or whatever the hell it was beforehand so you got you got to keep that in mind too is that that's that's one of the hardest gigs in football to turn around a like an afl team in that period of time and then you're also playing who i believe is the best team in the comp you're always you're almost playing those guys as well so you got to keep that in mind
1: yeah yeah exactly uh you do look you you do hope you can, you can come out a little bit better than that, but look, uh, I don't, yeah, think, though, I don't think I don't think the players would go. Yeah, that's you know, even with that situation, that's that's still thirty-eight to nil is probably just not acceptable um, because obviously they ran out the game actually in the end, ironically, quite well. So uh, yeah, so Jake Stringer pretty much, if you talked about a highlight on a positive, he look, he's clearly the the positive in this. You know, twenty-six disposals, four goals uh 529 meters gained he was clearly his
0: incredibly dangerous best.
1: Yeah yeah, he, that was Jake Stringer second half of the year 2 years ago. Yep. form where he was one of the place best players in the comp to be honest. Uh so uh yeah, really good job Jakey and his body language was really really good. He was really aggressive. Um you could tell he understood the situation. Mm from the second quarter on and he went really aggressive and said, okay, we've got to get some physicality in, this, in the middle of the pack. Mm. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, he played 85% of the game. So that's quite a lot of time on ground for a, a mid-type role. Uh, so he, Speaking, we relied on him big time.
0: Sure. Speaking of physicality in the middle, i love to get your thoughts on <clears throat> why I have to cop whenever I talk into a microphone. Somebody will. Um, will Setterfield... Will's been monster and dudes, not monster and dudes, but throwing dudes around in that midfield. He's been the bigger body that we've that we've haven't enjoyed in the past. He's been in there. I felt that Will was like that. He had a cold or something. He wasn't up to speed, or he he just seemed very just slow off, to me. Off his game, yeah, yeah, off his game, a bit slow. So I think that might have been Jake's sort of understanding is that we're not getting that drive, or we're not getting the presence in the middle.
1: Yeah, and it's an interesting one with the, the whole midfield because I wonder what the club think of this because I I don't know if it's a reflection of what happened five days before as far as giving guys minutes, but Dylan Schill hardly attended a centre bounce. So he played forward. Yeah. He was a forward for the day. But then they moved Merritt forward for quite a lot of the game because he was getting tagged heavily. Uh, so they then they, they rotated other guys. Colwell, um, even in the last quarter, Perkins was playing midfield. Uh, so, I'm not sure just the, the shield starting forward, then Merritt moving forward. It felt like, it, you know, I don't know if it, how much an effect that had on, on just the rhythm of the midfield because there was a guys in different we, – we had such a solid six weeks of the same four guys playing mm. the same four roles or five weeks. Good, Sorry, Merritt got suspended for one. But, but the same, yeah, for the same guys around the ball – um and then this this game we we had a quite a lot of manoeuvring around and Shield to his credit as a forward higher forward twenty two and Looks, two goals looked good <laughs> yeah it looked that was a really pleasing sight to see if, if you need to if you need to uh, have that again
0: bit of X factor down there and all
1: so but it just seemed like an unsettled kind of start and and midfield setup and and they just you know, Geelong just absolutely dominated us. And, look, I I have to say this, and I don't usually talk about opposition players, but one of the most amazing stats is Dangerfield. It only occurred to me in the last 24 hours that he only played 64% of the game and he's had 15 inside 50s. Oh yeah, he's almost broken the record, and he's played just sixty four percent of the game. So he clearly was by far the most dominant uh, midfielder as far as the impact. I know, I know, Stringer was was really really big, but his presence when he was on the ground of just driving the ball forward to Hawkins and, yeah. and Cameron was 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 pretty profound. Uh, so yeah, just we just couldn't stop that, and uh, we're. I find that if you look at the last quarter of Collingwood and Geelong, when those experienced teams really pressure us, we, we have struggled a bit. Um, and that's, you know, obviously that's due to our experience and, and our own, where our own body types are at. Um, we're not as physical aside yet. Um, you can't just
0: put Will Setterfield in the middle and expect us now to be to contend with every midfield in the comp, right? Because we still have those – I mean, all Australian midfielders in Merritt and Parrish and those guys, but they – and Shield, they are that same size. Yeah, yes. The, the, the same sort of issue that we've, we've had in the past.
1: Yeah, exactly. And it's probably why I wouldn't mind um, – and, you know, Scott called it out after the game. He thought Colwell was really competitive when they moved him into the yeah. midfield. It's why I still like to see Jai play a bit more midfield minute because I think he has a, a natural aggressive mentality towards the ball and physicality uh, that that helps us out and it's just part of the rotation it doesn't have to be the starting three or four but I just think part of the rotation of that fifth and sixth man I think he's really worthy of of introducing more into that uh, yeah so <laughs> just to an interesting game. Uh, I think most fans, from what I've seen on social media, kind of understand what the situation was. You know, we all we all hate losing, but I haven't seen it. It's been quite pleasing. I haven't seen a really over panic from fans on this one. I think we understand where Geelong are at yep. and and the form coming into this game, and 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 where where we're at, and I think it's we're at a pretty good spot as as far as. I think most of us, and I don't want to speak for all of us, but just the people I've been talking to on DMs and privately, uh, I get a sense that people are, are still enjoying where the club's going, where they're growing, uh, where Scott's, you know, how Scott is talking and representing the club, um, how they're methodically trying to change uh, a culture that of, of more excellence and, and standards and, and a, of a of a game plan that makes more sense to the players they have. And I, we can see it. Like we, you can see it clearly in the last three quarters because, um, you know, well, when I say that 38 to nil, after that we outscored them by 10, you know, 10 or 15 points. Um, so when we're up and going, we, we, we seem to have moments where we're matching it with nearly every side um, so far that we've played. You know, we more than matched it with the pies and stages Obviously, we we did very well against the Demons, who I really rate highly. Geelong, we had, you know, the periods of the game where we really matched it. And obviously, when Jakey kicked that goal and we we're only down four goals uh, in the third quarter and the crowd started to get louder, we were really high pressing them and tackling them and actually made them second-guess for the first time. <laughs> and, and, you know, just... Unfortunately, we had one of those games where unforced errors were really, mm. really uh, substantial, and and I must have counted seven goals from almost us giving them the ball in, either in their forward line or seventy at least seventy meters out, which created a goal. And you know, <laughs> I was having a debate with a few guys on, on Twitter because I was clearly that was a frustration and Zerky. Was a culprit, and Nick Martin handballed to the opposition. There was other guys. Um, I, it was an interesting debate we had because what they were trying to do was aggressive, and I was trying to sort of say, like, you know, I don't want to take that out of the guys because at that point of the game, they were getting backed into the game because they were aggressive in mindset and how they moved the ball and and trying to bring it to Geelong. So. They'll poor mistakes and, you know, there's definitely one or two that just bad judgment calls, you know, across the ground. Yeah, it's a bad judgment call. But I actually, in a weird way, don't mind the mindset of being aggressive. I'd rather that than 20-metre caution that I've seen the last couple of years. Of <laughs> these 20-metre kicks stop yep. play, the defence gets set up, we have to kick it long 50 yards and it comes back our way. Uh, so it's – I said this – we space said this at the start of the year. I'll accept – these kind of situations where uh, we just made, you know, we probably took bit off too much we can chew, or whatever, whatever the phrase is, bit off too much we can chew, yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and but I'd rather us have that aggressive mindset, and you, you know, you hope those skills get polished up, you get more confidence, and when you're more at rhythm, um, that those mistakes get much more limited. But you know. In a 28-point game, when you've given away six or seven goals, it, it obviously hurts you. But I wasn't, too, uh, I wasn't too upset with the mistakes, um, mainly because of the mindset. Yep, cool.
0: Uh, so say so that's Scotty, <laughs>
1: basically. <laughs>
0: that's, I then I sit there and I'm listening to it. I think. So I'm going to go where with anything after that. Um, we're going to go to a quick break. We'll come back and talk to you straight after. welcome back to the lunchtime catch-up podcast now then I'll um, we'll have a bit of a run through the team, um, the performers, the underperformers, and the like, um, starting at the bottom end of the uh, of the uh, pile. Pour Waller, it. one goal, one. Okay, uh, it's a one goal, one. It's a return. Fine, he's kicked a goal, but the thing with Waller that gets me is six <laughs> possessions.
1: Yeah, several factors to this. Um, one, he hasn't played much actual football in the last two or three weeks due to emergencies. Why is he, and, uh, why is he playing in the ones then? Uh, well, that, I think the end goal is they got to get him into the side and get him into form.
0: No, they, with every other player, including Jake Stringer, he's played three weeks in the reserves and then they bring him in.
1: Yeah, I know, but he's been in and out and it hasn't been – all because of injury, It's been because we've been um, taking him off. Like last week we took him off because of an emergency, because of Anzac Day, to have extra. Sure. That kind of situation where he hasn't played because of any other reason, just that the club's done it to him uh, in some ways. Um, but, he look, he only played 67% of the game, so he actually hasn't been on the ground that much. Um, I I thought in a weird way he ran okay, and I would rather I kind of now hope maybe they persist with him. Um, uh, because uh, oh, uh, every he he looked dangerous enough for me. Um, like he six
0: possessions is not dangerous dangerous enough.
1: No, but I I just see small things and I go, how's he running? Uh, it really is because he'll he'll get into the game. Like he's a very very good footballer. Uh, he'll get but, into the no, game. But that's more. that's
0: half his problem is that for his whole career, he has gone missing in games. It's not like he will get into the game. Six possessions when you've come back from, um, like, a rest. He wasn't injured. So, okay, so they've rested him. He hasn't played much footy. Fine. Which is it? Is it that he hasn't played much footy, so he shouldn't be playing in the ones because he hasn't played much footy? Or is he injured and he's just come back? (coughs) Excuse me. It's – I just think – if we're going to bring Waller in, why is he any different to every other to all the players that we've had so far come back from injury? Why not? Even if okay, so if the club has taken him off the field and he hasn't had the opportunity to play, why haven't we waited even longer? Let's wait even longer for Waller to come back until he's played two games in a row and played more than sixty-seven percent of the time.
1: Yeah, I know, but um, they they wanted to manage. Uh, Manzi, which they said they were going to soon a couple of weeks ago, and and I think Davey had a really really quiet game. Wanganine's
0: um, had a better last couple of games
1: than Waller. No, he hasn't. Uh, it, look, he had Wanganin had a good half. He played the worst two games before that you would ever want to see. Like, let's be honest. And so Waller- I watched those games, and there's no way I would have Wanganin in that side uh, because he played good half. He kicked two goals. Do you know who the played two, the two who games before. Really well? The two games before that, he was clearly the worst player. Okay,
0: okay, world. fine. Moving off a magazine. Do you know who had a really good game? Snelling. No, he didn't. So, but going say he, he played play, poor last week, right? Yeah, okay, fine. You're gonna be, you're gonna hammer him <laughs> on one game. Well, it's why is he back in the side? Because he's had a belter in the VFL for three or four weeks in a row. Yeah. He didn't play super spectacular last week, but why isn't he the small forward at Wall of the sub? Because Scott rates Waller more, I, I appreciate that. But a Waller with Waller that's able to get more than six possessions. Look, Sorry, let me rephrase that. A Waller that's able to play more than sixty-seven percent of the time. If he rates him, that'd be eighty-seven.
1: Yeah, look, I, I get that, but that's that's, you know, that's that's where he's at, and
0: yeah, um, that doesn't. I'm not hanging on you, but it doesn't answer my question. I know you're there? hanging on Brad the, Scott, really. How, that's what I'm saying. Uh, how the, how, why is he in when his mantra is get them up and running as fast as and best they possibly can, so they don't come back out? I, I never want to see a situation where a bloke is playing himself into form in the in the a of, in the ones, even if it is Waller. Bless the man. He could come out and kick four next week, but I don't know. It, it's an interesting one for me. Anywho, moving on. Um, S Draper.
1: Uh, okay, so. Sammy, um... This will be
0: interesting because I'm, I'm confused as hell about that game.
1: Yes. Look, I think Sammy's putting in a, a lot of effort and I don't think he's getting any help from Andrew Phillips, if I'm being honest. Well, except for the week before. Like, Andrew Phillips is the most obvious omitted player
0: at the club I, right I, now. I agree, but what about the week before that against Melbourne when it was
1: the greatest duo that ever there was? But it, that wasn't the week before that. It was... Okay so the week before that. So he's had a total seven possessions and no marks the last two games. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Okay. I, 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 that I gets appreciate you, that. that gets you out of the side. Okay, with Nick
0: Bryan doing well that gets you out of the side, but geez we we go from the the greatest ruck duo in the comp to two day, two games later drop him and he's the most obvious drop in the entire world and drop him.
1: Well, you can't be invisible in the game. No, like, I,
0: I understand, but it's only because would it be that we've only Like because- Sam
1: Draper's at least holding up some part of his own. Like he's he's kicking a goal every game. He's competing in the he's he's, he's getting twenty five hitouts. He's competing in the middle. He's he's at least trying. Uh, and I'm not saying I shouldn't say that Andrew Phillips is trying, but he clearly to me looks like he needs a rest. And I know it, and yeah. and factoring in his age, it just to me. And um, he's dropping easy chess marks. I mean, just no marks in the last two games. Just, it's, I know. I appreciate it. It's not okay. It's not okay, right? I just... And I wouldn't... I'm not saying even playing Nick Bryan. I'm probably saying even two. Now you now you look at a, a possibly bringing Harry Jones and Ed Wiedemann as your second ruck. That's more why I would What's changed? Got. What's
0: changed the, the game plan? Because like you said, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, it was a masterstroke.
1: No, well, two weeks ago... No, three weeks ago, it just worked.
0: So but, it wasn't any sort of significant master stroke. It just worked.
1: It just worked. Okay, um, but things changed. You know, like, I was going
0: to say you don't persist.
1: Uh well, you could, you could, um, but yeah. There's was, of,
0: of Harry Jones and, and Nick Bryan. There's, there's one of them's not beating down the door, but one of them's putting their hand up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um. <laughs> It depends what you think you're going to get of, of Brian. of, And the other thing, too, it's it's about Brian. You, know, you have to, you, Brian's a hard one because you're going to get a good Ruckman, but you, that's all you're going to get. So, you know, obviously they have Phillips down the forward line. Yeah. Uh, and that's you – know, Surely,
0: Nick Brian. Has, have we have we seen him play there in the twos? Surely he'd go, okay, he could stand on people and do all sorts of stuff with the forward line, I would have thought.
1: It's Yeah. If, hopefully he's working on it. I haven't seen it. You haven't it's, seen it yet. Okay. Yeah. Um, but he's a fantastic ruckman, so yeah. you're not going to lose much on that. I really okay. rate him as a ruckman. I look, I actually really rate him. I think he's going to be, a, you know, if I was another club, I'd be he'd be right up yeah. my draft or trade wish. Um, so I don't know. It, you can go with it again and just hopefully it, it clicks. And, and, you know, and one thing Port Adelaide have is they've got a weak ruck set up. So. Mm. But the last two teams had really weak well, yeah, well, well, Blixarv saying that was all Australian, so I can't say that Blixar's is.
0: Yeah, but is he an all Australian ruck? He was an all Australian ruck rover or something like that.
1: Yeah, he played ruck, but yeah, yeah. he was. But I, I, but I expect,
0: unfortunately, <coughs> Blixar's and other makeshift ruck anybody makes, especially Ruckman, Sam should wipe the floor with them.
1: Yeah, but we keep saying that, but he doesn't. So I know. So That's, maybe he's not good enough there yet. So. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Is But I actually think Sam's doing well. I think he's competing okay. Um, oh, the, the effort's without question. Yeah. I, but, I,
0: again, like seven touches for the entire game.
1: Yeah, and that doesn't bother me for this week as much. He's had his 15s and 18s and, and that sort of stuff, and he's been pretty consistent. Okay. Uh, uh, I mean – what we've got an issue with is is the opposition roving to our rucks. Yeah. And so we continually win the hitouts, <laughs> and and by average, I think we're we're seven hitouts more than all the opposition every game. Uh, but we're minus one in clearances. So Geelong to me was reading our oh. rucks, and they were just roving to our rucks big time. Uh, and and that's become a bit of an issue is how we can, you know, try and get a better craft around that ball yeah, where the mids have a bit middle. of a
0: switch up of where we're gonna hit the thing to.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um on a positive note, the weed. The oh uh, Sam Wiedemann, how terrific was he. I know uh, man, like really <sighs> really surprised me too. Um uh yeah so he he's the last two games I thought he was really good the week before. Uh he's he has a bit of a presence about him. Uh he looks dangerous. Uh, but five goals man. Um that's, that's what we're talking about, right? Like, that's yeah. that's a big deal to get five. Like Five against the Cats is a big deal.
0: Yeah, especially with the likes of the, their back line and who they've got down there. I was very impressed with his um, – like, he's a marking turnaround key position forward and – take a mark kick a goal kind of kind of bloke um but around the ground too like you screwed one around the corner and he's got quick to from hand to boot um, when they when he got that little um that little handball in the square he's he's very sort of um, coordinated athletic when he gets his hand on the ball yeah I just think I think he's he's a great get for the club anyway man because he's a very good target to to aim at when you're in the forward line but it just seems that the more he plays, the better he's starting to be for us, getting better and better each week.
1: I like the fact that he, unlike Melbourne, he looks quite relaxed. He he looks like a guy that feels assured short of his spot. Yeah. Um, and Scott mentioned after the game that, you know, it's a big difference when a forward is is short of their spot, and I've talked to Sam about that. So it, to me, Sam has had that conversation with Scott, with Scott saying, I'm not dropping you. Just, just play footy. Just yeah. go play footy. Enjoy the game and play footy and not worry about selection. Yeah, oh, um, I right. agree. And and that's maybe where he's at. He needs that kind of maybe of of coaching from from his days with Melbourne, where they had you know the Browners and all those yeah really really um, really really talented forward line. So putting
0: pressure on him. Um, an interesting one that I know you have a, a strong opinion on. Um, Dan Brozio. <laughs> I
1: don't have a strong opinion, but but he didn't. He <laughs> I feel frustrated for him because um, he finally got an opportunity to come back in and see what he can do. And, and I just thought he struggled. Yeah. Um, and I thought defensively he struggled. I thought physique-wise he looked – like he just got bumped off a bit easy. So um, there was quite a few players that just were below their normal games. Yeah. You know, obviously, Cole Langford was – that's by far his quietest game. Um, look, I know he didn't train the whole week, and he may have a small back, back niggle. Kind of complaint, yep. niggle. Um, but you know, but he was obviously out of the game. Um, you know, guys like Jay Kelly were a bit quieter. Sam Durham, Sam Durham was had a he's had a couple of quiet weeks. Yeah. Um, so, you know, Hindy was kind of sort of thereabouts, but fairly quiet. Redmond had a, a quiet one. So, we had. Uh, you know, for for scoring 104 points, we actually had quite a <laughs> few bad. players <laughs> out. Um, I want to talk to you about Archie Perkins. He's an interesting one. Um, he's he's probably one of the most debated footballers <laughs> going around, and and there's always it's like there's debate on. Um, you know, I saw Robert Shaw tweeting out. You know, maybe Essendon need to give him a, a bit of a a. Um, a challenge um, is you know you're going to take, you know he was kind of suggesting you know, um, you know say against Port Adelaide for example. This is not what he tweeted, but saying you know, uh, who's one of their main midfielders um, like Boak or uh, if a uh, Port Adelaide, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah,
0: Boak or that Wines, dude, the two names,
1: Wines, yeah. yeah. So just say you know, hey, go against Wines, have a challenge. Just what can you do? Um, and try and give him a set challenge and a a real uh, um, drive to to have a big game uh, instead of just being that half forward, which is a very tricky role to be consistent in form in. Um, Because he's kind of – I thought, you know, if you looked at that game, he had a really quiet first three quarters. And then I thought when they moved him to the midfield, actually that's when he looked at his best. Um, But – he has one issue, Archie, uh, for me, and I was I was watching the game again, and it's probably below his feet. He he, and it's something he'll have to work on. He's powerful around the hips, right? Yeah. So, but it's he's powerful. He has it? He's powerful on the handball receive, and he can run through guys. Yeah. But the skill of 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 going down and picking up the ball, and I, he's not as strong. Uh, and that's just something that he'll have to work on to be a complete mid if he yeah. wants that role. Uh, so I can see areas where he needs growth. I still am a big believer in him, and he was—you know—he's only had 70 disposals, but he's second in meters gained uh, in the whole team. And so he has that kind of He has it. You always feel he's a big impact when he, it's that, that's that's your frustration. Go boy! If he can get this ball 25 times he could have such an impact on the game.
0: I've always thought he was a half forward. I think that's where he, where he played TAC. I think that's what we hired him for. You can see that whenever he gets the ball inside forward 50, he knows exactly where the goals are and he's a goal kicker, right, when he gets hold of it. But I just look at his talent and what's he in year number three now or something? Yeah. Um, I look at his talent, clear talent, and I, I want to see him with the ball in his hands more. So I've always been for him to be, oh, we should put Archie Perkins in the middle. People just say that because he's just a young kid that kind of looks like a midfielder. He might not know what to do. He might not be a midfielder's shoelace. Who knows? But I am almost at the point now where I want to see him around the ball more. I want him to be involved in the in the plays more than the however many he got, 11, 12 touches or whatever it was this game. I think... I think the club could benefit more from the decisions that he makes or the skills that he's got.
1: Yeah, it's, it is. it is. I think there's good little – some of the confusion is that they they did him – they had him in so many midfield drills in the preseason and they may have that view. Like in the off season we're going to really develop you as more of that mid-craft, but it doesn't mean you're naturally going to play – mid in the in the
0: season but yeah, maybe they think it'll serve him well at half forward
1: um but yeah it's a, just to have that round of craft he still had 17 disposals so it wasn't like a terrible but it was he, he's such it feels like he's such a big impact player that you just want to get more out of yeah, him yeah absolutely um and look it, you know Ben Hobbs had 17 as well but you actually felt for some reason I would felt Hobbsy more in this game yeah uh I didn't mind Hobbsy's game in this yeah, yeah I, I i thought he um I thought he competed really well. Uh, I, obviously, you know, people know my issue. I, I think he's got to get more impact with his kicking, more penetration, and more power through it. Um, more consistency, but he he still played well. Uh, and you know, I think the, that, I think that earns him another game. Yeah, the captain was actually interesting one with the captain. Oh. Well held. Yeah, really well held in this game. Um, look. He has a handful of bad games in five years. So it's one of those players I go, I'm not going to cane him. Uh, And like, he's got uh, plenty of runs on the board. He's got so many runs on the board of of so many good games. Uh, Yeah, you know, he's had seven tackles. It's not, it's not its work rate. It's, It's just, he got moved to the half forward line for long stages. Yeah, they've tagged him out of the game. You hope that we can have the midfield depth to do it. And for a lot of the game, You know, we actually did um, show some better signs. We actually won the uh, centre clearances by four. We just lost the stoppages by 12 in clearances, Mm -hmm. um, which I've discussed at length about stoppages around the ground that's still an area we're going to get more physical at. Uh, So, yeah, Zachy will be, you know, I would almost guarantee you he gets 25-plus this week. Um, so I have no doubt in my mind. Uh.
0: Interesting. I reckon that might be a a progression uh, process for for Scott as well mm. on how to break a tag like that. Yeah, like because it was a hard tag. It was a very effective tag, and I wonder as much as I probably I suppose he's got a fair bit on his plate, but teaching them just the game plan and getting that right before they start to to do anything tricky about losing tags and stuff. But it is, it is very effective. The right player on Zach Merritt is very effective. I just wonder whether or not they're having a good think about how can we, how can we, what system can we put in play to break that tag rather than just having to chuck him in a forward line?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, I thought uh, Nick Martin was, was again, just really, really impressive. Um, he had his one big moment of, uh, of a, of a blunder and it's just a handball backwards and just missed the target. And
0: might've been one of those ones where the opposition goes, Mane, Mane, <laughs> thinking it was uh, Essendon player. He's just handballed it straight back there.
1: And, uh, but look, besides that, you've got to love the journey this guy has, uh, that's coming through. Uh, so no, problem there parish <laughs> it's funny. You mentioned all these players and then you go, one guy's had 38 possessions, uh, and he is the most talked about play, such an intriguing play to me because he gets talked about um, so much and he has so many, you know, he has so many clearances and so many inside fifties and he does it, he stats, oh look, elite all across the board and, 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 it's an, it's a big debate I see on Twitter and social media about he's just a stat getter. I I don't I don't buy that. I think he's a very very good I don't player. Buy it either. I
0: don't think there is any room for debate here. If I'm honest,
1: yeah. Does he use the ball always to to our advantage? No, it's something he, he has to get better at. But I still think he's performing pretty well. Like I think he's had a very very good year. Yeah, man. I, I saw something
0: today that said. Um, put him on the draft. Um, put him on the trade block. Put so him on the trade block.
1: I've, so, mate, the, the amount of messages I've got of put him on the trade block, i like, w- why? Well, but they go, put you him would, on the you trade You would block. feel, if we, as soon as he left, you would feel his loss. In
0: massively. 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 And they go, put him on the trade block. We'll pick up a really good kid. And then Sardis and, now you've got and one. this good it's, kid. It's 20,
1: he's 25
0: years and old. That's and that's my point, right? The, the really good kids don't become proper AFL-ready footballers.
1: Yeah. Unless you're frigging Nick Dacos. You can draft an Aaron Francis. His you know, it doesn't mean the selection's going to be exactly
0: good. right. And when you've got one, both hands you grab onto them with. The whole thing about, oh, if we get into the top five picks, we'll pick up a player, he'll be gold. He won't be gold for three or four years if, if he's that. gold at all, right? So that I just think I don't understand why there's any debate on this subject whatsoever. The guy's an all-Australian, ball-winning, ball-magnet. Why in God's name would you get rid of that?
1: Yeah, I mean, for a team that is not the best at clearances, he has nine. Like, it's just, he's just you know...
0: He's yeah, no, the debate is over. Parrish is staying. End of story. <laughs> like, tell the Dodoro and the list team to throw the kitchen sink at the bloke to keep him stay to keep him to stay. So, yeah, no, no, no. He's, he's the man's staying. Uh,
1: look, outside of that, look, I look. The only person I'll mention also is, and I mentioned him a bit before, but I thought Jordan really was fantastic in this game. Uh, Unsung, yeah. First half on Cameron you know puts him. you know i think cameron had one goal each of each quarter and he had two goals at halftime uh, and but you could he didn't have a big impact but then you know they move they move him to hawkins hawkins just has one goal after halftime you know i thought ridley did everything possible with the you know and these wasn't the matchups that normally fit his skill set and yeah. his body type and i thought that's he was that's putting it
0: nicely by the way he's yeah. he's got no no reason whatsoever to be stood next to tom hawkins
1: yeah and and um yeah so i look i, I thought he was it was pretty good but outside of that uh you know if you if you're looking at the team stats you know we've won the hitouts by 12 but you know lost the clearances by 8 and that's that's the thing that frustrates me is we it's a common stat we we're having But another area too is just marks, like ninety nine to seventy three in Geelong's favour. We're we're just, um, yeah, it's it's kind of like it's just around the ground. We just need we need some more presence in the in the air, Uh, and um, yeah, and you you know you could obviously you could argue that we allow Geelong a lot of easy kicks up the field or, or sideways, so that. Just generates more marks. I get that. I get that. But it's just, I still feel like um, we just need some more aerial presence. It's.
0: I just would like to see incrementally getting better as a club, as opposed to going yeah, yeah. from fifteenth yeah. to ninth, right? And and not having get, all of the that. tools. I get that.
1: I get that. No, no, no. I, I, in a weird way, I'm very much in agreement that you know. I mean, Redmond talked about it as well is to us on the show that we need incremental increase. In output, like we, yeah. can't, we, we need to get better every year, and how that looks is, however it looks, but, yeah.
0: but so I, I get that. Mentality. But then there's the Collingwood, the, the Collingwood option where you get Craig McRae, you go, McCray, you go <laughs> ballistic, and you're, you just see that's. Oh, I almost said something really bad. Then I almost said something like along the lines of, see, you can look at Collingwood, and if we were playing like that,
1: I would be far more sort of the difference between McCrae what he has he had a bunch of 25 and over yes okay experienced yeah players over, that yeah. were well out of form and lost yeah. that he found them and put them into a system that works but but he had cyberman and Penelbury and <laughs> yeah 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 I suppose. you know adams and how and you yeah. know more and you know he had absolute gun players all around the field uh. earlier all these they were just lost as a side, as a club, and he then picked up the pieces and put them in the right order. Put them in a system, but yeah. their age bracket was perfect to strike still. Yeah. That was the irony of, of Collingwood is that their age bracket wasn't one of just rebuilding or anything. They were right to go. They just were out of completely out of form. Uh, and again, um, more eloquently
0: put, sort of to try and illustrate my argument, is that are we... Are we ready for a strike like that? Are we at no, the right I, age? I think we're too young. So. Yeah, yeah.
1: So that, that's 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 one point. I, I, good lord! If anybody, we have st- d- still got a ways to go. With you know, you, obviously, you got Reed played one VFL game. Cox is out for the is year. Is he going to be anything? Cox hasn't played this year. Yeah. Sardis is pick pick four or five. five is whatever it was. Yeah. He's sitting there on the on the deck. Um, so we've got so much talent. Yeah. Hobbs Hobbs only just played his first game. Yeah. Besides the sub, played his first full game. Yeah. You
0: know. it's, And that's the thing. Like, good Lord, if anybody takes out of this podcast that Grant wants the club to lose lose games, that is entirely not correct. Um, I just – I don't know. I just want this one – you know what I am a bit seduced by? I'm a bit seduced by uh, Scott's statement of I want people to do enough, which is why I sort of had that debate at the beginning of the pod – I want people to be in a position to go into the firsts and never come back out. I like the idea of that. We're going to set you up, Harry Jones, or you up, uh, Nick Cox, or you up, uh, Reedy, or somebody like that, where you're playing exactly the kind of football we know you're capable of. You're dominating in the VFL because you're not a VFL footballer. And then we bring you into the ones, and it's – as seamless as it can possibly be, mm. but you go in there chock full of confidence and you, then you start to play AFL football and you start to learn and you do that sort of stuff. That's that's what I'd love to see. So I'd, I'd almost like to apply that to the club is that we learn the game plan inside out, back to front. We get some good wins on board. We build belief throughout this year. We... Uh, We have those momentary uh, flashes of brilliance and we have that sort of stuff. But at the end of the year, we can tick KPIs off of what we've done. We've established a new coach, a new system. We've got belief in each other. We know what we're doing back to front. Great. Then I'll see you around one next year and we'll kick some ass. Mm. I'd love to be able to do that. But anywho. Fair
1: enough. Uh, Look, the VFL had a a buy, so there's nothing to report there. Okay. Uh, The VFLW girls won their third in a row, so – Massive congratulations. Besides that. I think we're done. I think we're done. Yeah, no, reason at all? We um, play Port Adelaide.
0: Next week, Port Adelaide in Port Adelaide. Um, is that an Arvo game or?
1: That's, a I think, a early afternoon game. All right, cool.
0: Again, another test. It's another test, really. Um, hard to win over there. Just ask Collingwood. And who, who again, did it? Bloody hell, that's annoying. But um, Port Adelaide next week. We will uh, we'll be doing our Patreon post game reaction show as per normal Sunday again. So we'll get an extended bench on Thursday for the uh, team selection show. So we'll talk to everybody then.
1: Thanks, guys.